Secure ship for sea. Make all preparations for getting underway. Aye, aye, sir. All hands to stations. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, former Disneyland mermaid Susan Hoos to the show. Welcome so much, Susan. This is like a, a something big for me because I'm a girl and I love mermaids. So, <laughs> hello, Jenny. I, I, I was saying before we started that I basically grew up in Walt Disney World as a kid and my outlook was we, we used to have 20,000 leagues under the sea there and it was next to Ariel's Grotto so technically we got our little mermaid in Walt Disney World to get to meet and and all of that but when I was researching as a kid with Disneyland that 20,000 in 20,000 leagues in Disneyland had mermaids that caught me immediately because like that's the dream job for any girl so um and and you had said before that you as a kid you know what I mean you would go to Disneyland just to enjoy the parks because it was right outside of your neighborhood basically (laughs) right I grew up in Tustin and Anaheim was only like 10 15 minutes away by car I remember we would go to Knott's Berry Farm, and then all this promotion went on about Disneyland, and so when when I went into high school about 1955, Disneyland had opened. So this was a place everybody wanted to take their family, and those of us that lived nearby had lots of opportunity to go there. So I was familiar with it, but mostly went on dates or... Uh, when our school would have a function at Disney, the, they would rent a portion, a section of Disneyland, and other high schools did the same thing. So we would have a, a three or four high schools get together and all conjure uh, together at Disneyland just to dance. So it was a lot of fun. So, so when Disneyland opened, I, I was trying to trying to get some more information about when the mermaids came into play, were, were the mermaids a part of opening day or was this a little bit later? Do you remember? We were there on opening day, which was June of 1959. Mm-hmm. And sometime in the summer, early summer or spring, I can remember seeing a newspaper article that said um, uh, auditions for mermaids. Well, of course, that immediately caught my eye. I was 17 at the time and a senior at Tustin High School. And I remember thinking, oh, gee, I'd like to do that. I did a lot of swim shows in high school, and swimming was uh, very popular at our school. So we had a lot of competition. And since I had swam a lot and I rode horses a lot, I thought, well, I, I can do that. And the day that I read the article was the last day of tryouts. So I had not even heard about it before then. Oh, wow. And I I was at school all day, and gym class was my last class. So I thought, well, I'll just drive over and see what it's all about. So I went in my gym clothes, which was a short sleeve white blouse and a pair of black shorts and tennis shoes. I was the only girl who showed up not in the swimsuit. And uh, apparently that didn't stop me. I joined the crowd that was there and they began to, they asked us to line up in lines of about 20. So there were maybe 
two or three hundred girls show up on that last day. Oh and we gosh. just stood in a line and they walked, you know, men and women with clipboards, walked up and down the lines and just said hello and tugged on her hair. And everyone laughed when one of the girls' ponytails was a fake and it fell off in their hands. So she, of course, couldn't continue. But there were hundreds of us that showed up. And I must have stood out because of the way I was dressed. So I was one of the lucky ones that was told to go over and sit on the side of the pool and just wait for instructions. So I went over and watched the other girls, you know, as they called our name. There were probably about 50 of us. And as our name was called, we'd walk to the deep end of the pool. They would tie, they took a soft scarf or a, a rope sounds ridiculous, but it was probably a soft cloth, and tied our wrists together, our knees, and our feet. And then we were instructed to dive into the deep end of the pool and swim as far as we could underwater, which, of course, that had to be that dolphin move where mm-hmm. you go up and down. And a lot of the girls wouldn't even try. It just was, it, you just panic when you dive into the water and you're tied. Mm-hmm. But they had lifeguards stationed on both sides of the pool. And by the time about eight or ten people had done it and a couple of them survived, I knew they wouldn't let me drown. So when it came my turn, I allowed myself to be tied and dove in, and to my horror, I sank immediately to the bottom. But I was doing that dolphin movement. My stomach brushed the bottom of the deep end of the pool, and I slowly began to rise. So apparently your body is so buoyant, you do come up to the surface. I swam to the end of the pool, stood up. They untied my hands and legs. I got out of the pool. They directed me over to a card table where some women were sitting there with papers and pens. They asked my name, my phone number. We didn't have cell phones back then. And I said, here is a pass, uh, one of those books to get into Disneyland. They gave every girl that, that, that made it to the shallow end of the pool and said, in essence, don't call us, we'll call you. (laughs) <laughs> and they said we'd hear from them within the week. And I went home not having any idea whether I had succeeded or whether I'd even hear from them again. Fortunately, about three days later, my father said someone from casting had called and I had been selected. And would I report to the Disneyland pool like the next afternoon? Uh, wow. It's interesting when I look at some of the pictures where I, I knew nothing in those days about staging or where to sit to be noticed or how to be noticed. So you can see me in the background. I'm the girl in the white blouse. And because everyone else is in bathing suits, it, in a couple of the pictures, you can tell which one uh, was me. So I showed up. I was excited, but it's funny. I don't remember talking about it 
or my parents' reaction, except they were glad that I had a summer job. So I showed up for swimming and knowing that I was going to be in the water most of the time. So I showed up at the Disneyland pool. We did all of our practice in the months before the ride opened because the lagoon was still under construction. And uh, we didn't swim with the tails until maybe the last month because they were probably still being developed at that time. And when we got the tails, they were approximately 30 pounds of rubber that you laid on your stomach. You put your feet in what looked like flipper, the fins, and you flipped over onto your stomach and the zipper ran from our heels to our waist. And by the time, the last month, we were in pretty good physical shape. By then, we'd done a lot of synchronized swimming. And when you jumped in the water, because they were so heavy, we, of course, couldn't walk. We had to be, we, we would do it on the edge of the pool to get into them and then just roll over and fall into the pool. They made you very buoyant, so they were easy to swim in. So that's uh, basically how I got started. And my job lasted the entire summer. And it never was discussed, or I would have told them I'd already been accepted at Arizona State University and that I was leaving in September for college. Wow. How many were selected then in the in the overall run of that summer of mermaids? There were eight of us, and I was the only baby. I was the only person still in high school. All the other girls were uh, college age or out of school. Uh, I'm, there might even have been one or two who were married, but I they had to adjust the practice schedules to my schedule because I was underage and I had school all day. So we would, I would go directly from school and drive over to Anaheim and swim for about four hours and then repeat the same thing the next day. It was pretty grueling, but uh, we never thought to complain. Back then you just you didn't say it's too cold or I'm tired or I have a cold. The person who did all of the training was a woman. I'm sorry to say I don't recall her name, but uh, she was quite a tax master, and you simply did not argue or offer any excuses. She made it very clear that if we even missed one practice, we were out. So how many mermaids would be on per set? As I recall, there were four of us. And we would alternate because the water in the lagoon was so cold. It was about 55 degrees. Even though it'd be 90 outside, we would just be shivering. It was very cold. We'd swim for an hour or two, and then we'd have a break. And two of us would go out for a break and be replaced by the other two. So I know there were at least four of us on the days that we worked. Our pay was approximately a uh, dollar an hour. I think that was minimum wage back in 1959. And 
I thought it was great. <laughs> you know, to me, that was quite a bit of money since I had previously not done, uh, had any professional job before I started swimming. As I recall, we didn't even go to the lagoon until the last week or two because it was still under construction. I mean, they they worked on it right up until opening day. And we would go to the Disneyland pool. We'd immediately get in the water in our bathing suits and do synchronized swimming for, seemed like hours, but uh, we didn't chat. The girls were all so much older than I was that I didn't have anything in common with them. Thus, I didn't stay in touch with them when the job was over. I regret that now, but I have, I have no idea who the other seven girls were. So we would swim for two or three hours, and um, I don't even recall any breaks, but certainly they must have given us some. And then we would go home and show up again around 3 o'clock the next afternoon. So it was it was exhausting. As a matter of fact, on the day of my graduation, even that day, I didn't get the day off. And I showed up for my graduation with a bloodshot eyes and wet hair. And I mean, I, I you know, put it up into a ponytail, but uh, nose running from being in the water for hours before my graduation. But they wouldn't even let me skip on that day. So wow. it was exciting to be a part of it, but not easy. Swimming is uh, very strenuous. And especially in 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 that particular water, what, what I didn't know for sure was, was it chlorine-based at the time or was it not? Very, very heavily chlorine-based. Now, I'm a brunette and I had dark skin, so... The being in the sun for hours at a time didn't affect me, but the blondes there, the chlorine turned their hair green, and it was much wow. harder on the blondes. You're right. But um, because uh, Walt originally wanted to have a real marine life, but that didn't prove practical because of the chlorine. And in order to keep the motors on the submarines running as cleanly as possible, they couldn't have adjusted to real marine life. Oh, wow. Uh, there, the submarines, the concept was based on the first ship, uh, the first nuclear-powered submarine that navigated underwater under the North Pole and that was in 1958 and that's probably where the inspiration for the ride came from because the USS Nautilus was uh, right up front in all the news at that time. Mm -hmm. Then uh, General Dynamics Corporation was heavily involved in uh, developing the submarines and there were nine million gallons of water in the lagoon so they couldn't heat the water because it was just too large of a ride it wouldn't have been cost effective and it never occurred to us to complain about being too cold we were also delighted to have the job that uh, people just didn't complain about conditions in those days the ride opened in june of 1959 and uh Walt had invited 
Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev to be at the grand opening, but it turned out that security was impossible to guarantee for him, so he didn't come. And I do remember Richard Nixon and Art Linkletter being honored guests at the opening. Our workday consisted of from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., because once it got dark, they seemed they shut down the marine section, the mermaid section of the rides. I don't recall why. I'm thinking it's probably because it got too cold. And uh, I remember the Imagineers that were involved in the development of the ride, and Bob Gurr particularly, just because. Uh, I remembered meeting him later when he and Mr. Goldman were involved in Anastasia. They they were involved in all things Imagineering with Disney, and then they broke away and formed their own company, went to Ireland, came back, and uh, operated as Imagineers. But at that time, Bob Gurr was involved in uh, uh, in the submarine ride, as far as I can recall. When our time for our break came, uh, I don't recall how, whether they just signaled us or blew a whistle or whatever, but we were so cold that we were very happy to get out and warm up for a while. We had our own trailer, and we went to the trailer, and we could either stay there or go over to the commissary and it was so fun to go to the commissary. They all knew we were mermaids because we always had our towels around our hair. And we were the only ones that looked like they were really wet all the time. And it was just such a treat to be able to see Mickey Mouse walk by with his holding his head under his shoulder, you know, the mask part of it, or uh, a giraffe with his neck and head uh Costume slung over his head. You can, every, all of the employees ate in the same place. So we would go over there and have dinner. And when our 45 minutes or hour break was up, we would get back in our costume. And down at the dock, there were always a couple of guys down there helping us get into our tails. And we'd lie down, they'd zip us in, uh, pick us up. Uh, with their arms linked under our legs and dump us in the water. So they had to put us in and get us out of the water every time. I can remember for the grand opening, uh, Walt Disney came down on the dock with his dignitaries and the guests of honor. And uh, we swam for them, did a few synchronized swimming uh, things. And one day when we were at practice, for one week, we swam every day uh, with cameras on us. And um, then they told us that was going to be a special on probably 2020 or one of the big news programs was going to promote Disney, and we were part of the promotion. Now, we must have swum, been swimming uh, 60 hours of filming and the actual show was about 20 minutes. And it was all in black and white. I know it. You get the, we thought we were going to be the whole show. 
but you could see when it was edited, we were just a portion of it. I was at home watching it on TV with my family, and I could point out which one I was, but I don't know that anybody else would have been able to tell us apart. Because when you're in water, your features are slightly distorted, and it's very difficult to smile and show any facial expression underwater. Mm-hmm. But I could I could point out which one I was at the time. And, and how um, close could you get to the submarine if you wanted to? We could have touched it. Okay. But they were they've stressed so much the fact that the section of the propellers, which were probably five feet, each blade was probably five feet mm-hmm. long. And so there would be a great deal of suction. We didn't get anywhere near the back of the subs. Mm-hmm. And about every 15 minutes, one would go past. It would probably be a 20-minute ride. And they saw the mermaids toward the first of the ride. The rest were all rubber fish and octopus and whatever <laughs> they had underneath. I've seen it. Uh, we didn't go to the back of the lagoon. We just stayed in the front section where the public was. How deep was uh, it? Where where What was the deepest of the lagoon? Do you remember? You know, that's something I don't recall, but probably 20 feet wow. of water. Probably. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize it was that big. <laughs> well, the subs were quite large. And um, I, I'm thinking that, let's see. I know it cost 80000 a sub to build, and they held 39 passengers, um, but I don't recall how deep. They probably were, uh, people could go walk into the sub and walk along standing up. So they probably were 15 feet, 20 feet tall. So the water had to have been over 20 feet deep. I don't know that the subs totally submerged, but they were on a track, so probably just the very top of the sub would stick out when it was on the ride. And uh, we could have easily gone clear to the bottom and come back up. We could have touched the subs, but I'm sure we were told not to because they didn't really want us that close. When you mentioned mementos, I'm wondering if they ever, because I know that we ha- they, they have the Disney archives now, I'm wondering if they ever kept any of the fins of your tails for the next generation of mermaids to use, and I then wonder, later on beyond that. Have you heard anything about that? I wonder, haven't heard a thing. You know, when I, when I went away to college, my life went to the next phase of my life, and I just forgot about it. And so I didn't keep any mementos at all. Back then, we had a lot of newspaper and television publicity, but it didn't occur to me to save it. And um, my parents died when I was quite young, so they didn't save anything to my knowledge. Uh, it was such so exciting to be part of Disney, and to work for Walt, but I never spoke to him personally. He addressed us as a group, and we definitely saw him at the grand opening. And sometime during the grand opening, myself and another girl were sitting on the dock, and Richard Nixon uh, was sitting between us. I 
frequently looked at the Santa Ana Register to see if I could find a, that picture, but only thing I never did find anything with Richard Nixon being filled with mermaids. But oh, I imagine darn. his. I know it. I imagine his publicity people didn't think it was proper at that time to see him filmed with, you know, two partially naked girls. Yes, I, back at probably. that time, it might not have been proper for his campaign. I believe he was running for vice president at the time. Mm-hmm. We also had our picture taken with Art Linkletter. Now, my memory of that is the amount of makeup that the men wore. We didn't have any makeup, and it was it was thick on their faces, and their eyebrows were drawn in, and their lips were a little more accented because it probably looked a lot better in on film and in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking that was the closest I had been to seeing a celebrity up close. Wow. So we saw Walt, but I regret that I never had an opportunity to speak to him personally. Well, when was the, so the last time you went to Disneyland, that was around the seventies or have you been there recently? I had, I did not return again. My kids went as they got older because we lived in Northern California in Redding at the time, but I never personally went back to Disneyland. And until 2012, I was contacted by the eWorks studio, and they were filming for the 60th anniversary of Disneyland. And they flew me to Disneyland and put me up overnight and interviewed me right on the water at the submarine ride. So that was exciting. And it was about that time that I did other interviews regarding being a mermaid. I just regret that I didn't stay in touch with anyone that I worked with at the time. And three, 60 years is a long time. I I met my husband at college shortly after my job. I've been married to Cliff for 60 years now, and we live in Tucson, Arizona. But I don't swim like a mermaid anymore. We raised our family in Northern California in Redding and returned to Arizona about 20 years ago. My children are all grown up now. None of them became professional swimmers either. I'm still kind of in awe that I get to speak to you today about this because I just, again, I'm a big mermaid fan and dream job here. So, um, but before we end our interview, I wanted to mention you're, you're still working. So what are you currently up to now? So our listeners can hear about your, your uh, current adventures. <laughs> I am semi-retired now. However, I was a, I, I have been a licensed realtor in Scottsdale, Arizona for 35 years and enjoyed it immensely. But then when we moved to Tucson, it's impossible to continue selling and renting houses in Scottsdale. We're just too far away. So I'm slowly by, you know, attrition, we're allowing my work to dwindle down. So I'm retired now. (laughs) But I appreciate you calling me, and it's been fun to reminisce. 
Oh my gosh, it's been I'm great. Sure there are things I have forgotten. That, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, no. I didn't mention, but but I hope that I gave you enough background. And if you ever hear from any of the other original mermaids, I would love to have them contact me. I hope they hear this interview and and they that's when they contact me and they say, "Hey, I know Susan." <laughs> so if anybody anybody listening knows anybody, <laughs> let us know because uh, it would be great to connect you guys. Love, yes, I would love to hear from them. But thank you again for contacting me. Uh, I will follow your your podcast uh, avidly from now on. Oh, Susan, you're the best. And and before we end, I do have three Disney-themed questions I ask to all of my guests. I love to hear their, their responses. They're pretty yes. quick. So uh, they're the fab three. Okay. So our, our Donald one is, as a child, what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater? Oh, probably every girl loves Cinderella. I would imagine it was Cinderella. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? I would imagine Goofy. I just <laughs> uh, just got such a kick out of him all those years. And finally, our Mickey question, if I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? My children have been growing up for so many years, I can't think of one right this moment i'm sorry that no, one, no, that one stumped me <laughs> well thank you so much susan thank this you, has been Tammy. a great time i we all have to be heading back to our own lagoons right now but <laughs> i i really appreciate you being on the show and and uh here's to another however many years of Disneyland mermaids. I just loved when the photos circulate online. It's just so cool to see that that once was a thing. Oh, <laughs> you bet. Goodbye. Bye. They're merely tall tales should be classed as fiction along with the myths of mermaids? I don't believe it.